Julia Kreutz. Uh, let's just get this out of the way right now. Uh, Alejandro Kirk clearly heard all of the slander over the past month. Uh, hand up, some of it coming from me. So I will just, I will just say, uh, I, I'll ask you, is Alejandro Kirk, as they say, Julia, back? What, first of all, how, what do you have to say for yourself about all the things that you uh, said? I, I plead the fifth. Thank you. <laughs> We're in Canada. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> no, no, no. This is, uh, I think this is something that um, we know exists in uh, Alejandro Kirk's game, right? Uh, whether that be because, you know, his entire schedule got thrown off at the beginning of the year or really because he was in a bit of a slump. Sure. We knew that this was part of his game. Now, a two-homer game, his first of the year, uh, what does that do to sort of restore that confidence of, you know what, I can be a power hitter, I am a power hitter, and I can't get get the ball out of the ballpark? That's huge. Uh, Show, you and I talk a lot about Kirk's ability to uh, just put the bat on the ball, right, or get on base. It is very much um, something that is inherent to his game. But the difference maker for him, the X factor that really – puts him at a different level is being able to hit for power and hit home runs so what we saw today was pretty much like a 2022 Alejandro Kirk performance right a silver slugger performers performance from Alejandro Kirk and one that the Blue Jays really needed at a time when you know the game was kind of clunky and not really moving and again you know the uh, the offense under or maybe going through a little bit of a you know George Springer with three strikeouts and Vladdy didn't really show up today and it was up to Kirk and Espinal to kind of jump in and 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 hit those homers and make things happen uh, for the Blue Jays. This is what can put the Blue Jays at a different level here entering the final stretch of the season and especially when the postseason comes. This is the version of Alejandro Kirk that they want to have every day on the field. So. This can very well be uh, sort of the start of a new phase for Kirk. And it's good to see, right? It's, uh, it's exciting to see. It's good to see that he uh, still has that in him and that he can be that guy for the Blue Jays. Absolutely. Because I, I know a lot of the conversation around Alejandro Kirk for much of the season, for much of the early part of the season has, has been, you know, even when the power is not always there, the eye is usually there, and, and the eye and the bat kind of coming and going, it seemed at times, and we discussed so much, even on the re- recent road trip, about him hitting into tons of double plays and getting the runner going from first when this guy on first and so on, but hey, I mean, he sneaks the home run over the wall and left to make it 3-1, to kind of give them a little bit of insurance, and then kind of the icing on top with just an absolute bomb. That was not a a cheapy no-doubter. He absolutely obliterated that baseball. And again, if if Kirk is the – I don't want to necessarily call it like the missing ingredient necessarily, Julia, but if he is the guy who bounces back amidst a bunch of guys that could need bounce backs, and you named a whole bunch of them there, especially George Springer. And we'll talk about Springer in a, in a little bit. But if, George, if, if Alejandro Kirk can be even a little bit of what he was last year, silver slugger, all-star, even just a little bit, he doesn't have to do the exact same thing, but even just a little bit, 
And I like to use the term positively regress. If that can continue happening, then the Blue Jays' offense will be in a good in a good space. They probably still need a, one more bat just to make things a little easier right. come the trade deadline. But, I mean, it makes it a little less pressing if Kirk is the guy who, who turns things around, for example. Yeah, I mean, this is the second game in a row the Blue Jays have hit three home runs, yeah. right? And they're coming from different places, too. The Yesterday they came from Merrifield, Jansen, Chapman. Today we see Espinal step up uh, against a, a lefty, which we know is kind of his specialty, if you will. Kirk having a huge game. And so it seems like this may be the start of what we always thought this Blue Jays offense could be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for a variety of reasons, it hasn't necessarily shaped up that way uh, for most of the season. But this is also the time to heat up. Right. And that's something that uh, Chapman alluded to yesterday. Listen, we're fighting every day for for a playoff spot. Right. Every day counts. Every win counts. And if the Blue Jays can stay in it and kind of find that groove, that uh, rhythm that it seems to be, it seems to be coming to them now in a more consistent basis, then it's obviously a good sign. And seeing Kirk, of all people, who is someone that we have talked about so many times this year about, you know, not necessarily finding his power there, seeing him uh, come, come out you know, huge for the Blue Jays today, it's, uh, it's got to be an encouraging sign, uh, not only for himself, but for this team. I will agree with you, though. I don't think it should necessarily change um, any sort of strategy or priority when it comes to the trade deadline. The Blue Jays would be wise to add another bat, one that can go long and, and, and you know, put a game out of reach or really be the difference maker with one swing of the bat. But if they can find that type of production from Kirk as well, it does put them in a, a, a more of a perhaps a, a driver's seat, if you will, of conversations when it comes to uh, deals here. That is Julia Kreutz. I'm Show Ali. Welcome, of course, to Jay's Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network. We're streaming live on sportsnet.ca and on the Sportsnet app. We're taking your calls and texts. Phone lines are open, 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cellular device. 590-590 is where you can text us. You guys know the drill, but that's the people's text line, and it is always open. Why don't we get to the phones, Julia, and kick things off with Billy and Markham. Billy, what's on your mind? Welcome to Jay's Talk. How are you, show? Good man. Listen, How's it going? Very good. Uh, l- listen, let's let's be real here. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's nice what you did, Kirk. You did it off two guys that are just, you know, not not the best pitchers in baseball. You didn't do too much against Dempsters out there, and we're going to start facing the real teams in this league. You know, we take the wins any way we can get them. But I would like to see us start getting out to three nothing, four nothing, six nothing leads instead of having to beat up on bad bullpen. This Angel team doesn't have Rendon, doesn't have Mike Trout, and is not a very good team. I don't even know how they're in it, to be honest with you. I expected a sweep in this series. I was hoping the Yankees would do something to the Orioles. But this is the real baseball coming up now. It, it, it starts with when the Orioles come in, and let's, let's see what we're made of. I, let, let's see our guys hit three and four and five home runs against great starting pitching. And, and the Orioles don't have it, but, I mean, the other teams, we'll, we'll, we'll see – We'll see how good this team is. I hope it continues. Uh, we're getting, um, you know, we're getting it from all all angles on the team, which is which is a good sign. But very simply put, uh, you, you know, let's not let's not make uh, Kirk Babe Ruth now because of two home runs. Here's what I want to get to, Kirk. Uh, here's what this is the reason why I called in. 
Sure. This is this is the only reason why I called in, and I got a big big problem with uh, uh, Joe Siddle. Joe, how dare you come on the on the on the air and rip our third baseman for showing some kind of passion instead of throwing sunflower seeds in the dugout and and uh, stupid dance moves and stuff. Have a guy with passion and rip into our manager for what he probably a game plan of not letting Otani beat you. What is it now? Are we a bunch of children that we can't get mad at somebody? Is that the problem? Joe, I could not believe that came out of your mouth. I loved what Chapman did. I loved the passion that he showed. And funny thing, we scored. they only scored one run after that. Everybody, everybody has got to have, you know, be able to, to take some criticism. Maybe the camera should have gotten off them when they were arguing. But I loved it, and, and I absolutely loved what Chapman did, showing the passion that he did. And I wish more guys had. We have, we have a bunch of guys on this team that's like that, but we have a bunch of other guys that just seem to think it's a, 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 a I don't know what. And, and that's including our first baseman, who's done nothing again in the last four or five games. And, and last thing, show, tell you what, does anybody still want to take Merrifield out of the leadoff spot? Does anybody want to put Springer back there? I've told you this for as long as I can. I cannot believe Merrifield has not been our leadoff hitter or number two hitter for the last year and a half. I, I don't get it, but, but you see what he's doing now. This team is – it's go time, Jay. This is the good teams coming in now. We can still win this damn division if we can do a number on the Orioles, take three or four, maybe sweep them, and maybe, maybe we take over first place. But, but it's got to start. We're going to see how good we are now that the good teams come in. That's it, Joe. Later. Hey, Billy, thanks for the call, man. Okay, so a lot to get to there, Julia, with, uh, with what Billy said. First of all, mm. um, you and I did talk about the Matt Chapman thing in the pregame show. Mm. I got to it a little bit yesterday. Um, I, I think we're both in agreement that we didn't really have an issue yeah. with what Chapman did yesterday. And, hey, I mean, if, if, if you buy into the idea that what Chapman said was taken to heart, and, again, I, I don't really think they necessarily, like, changed the game plan yeah. a whole, in, in a whole giant sense here. But if you do buy into that, then you probably feel pretty good about it because Otani was intentionally walked twice today. Yep. And I, I believe Sportsnet's stats actually pulled this out. I didn't realize this, but I guess it makes sense. Blue Jays are the first team this season to intentionally walk Sho- Shohei Otani twice in a game. The first team this entire year. So I guess they, they took the ball out of his hands two times. Of course, he... Uh, he had a double earlier in the game as well, so yeah. they did not factor him into many decisions. But I, I personally have – I can't speak to what anyone else said beyond me and you and perhaps uh, Ben and Madison because I was right. sitting next to them in here. But I, uh, I definitely have no issue with the Chapman thing, just to wrap up on that. Let me uh, ask you this. Will you give uh, Billy's message to Joe Siddle? No, uh, absolutely not. Okay, I don't want to either. <laughs> okay. So Tom, do you want to do it? No, oh, he says Tom no. says no. Tom okay. Says no. okay. Well, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, it's. Uh, I don't think that we can credit Matt Chapman for the way the Blue Jays did or did not pitch to Shohei Otani. It. Uh, it doesn't necessarily surprise me that the Blue Jays are the first team to intentionally walk him twice this season. I will say this: they won't be the last because we are very much entering the home stretch here, right? We are. You know, August is around the corner. The competition is going to get more stiff, and as the Angels, you know, still fight for one of those final wildcard spots and face some good teams that are kind of on the same boat, this is going to happen more often, especially if there are already runners on base, right? No one wants to have a game flipped on one swing of the bat against a hitter that is doing 
what uh, Shohei Otani is doing. And I understand that, you know, we saw, we heard some boos here, right? Show uh, in the ballpark when the Blue Jays intentionally walked Shohei. We also heard some boos last season when uh, the Blue Jays intentionally walked Aaron Judge. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he was, you know, searching for that uh, American League record or whatever it may be. I understand that. He got it here anyways, which is funny. Yeah, he got it here anyway, right? But, you know, it's... um, that's how the game goes. It, it, I understand that there is an aspect of, you know, you, w- you want to watch this guy hit. This is why you're here. But at the same time, with what the Blue Jays are trying to do, it just makes sense. Every situation is different, Show I don't think that we can look at Kevin Gosman actually pitching to Shohei Otani yesterday in the first inning and compare it to today and with the way that the game was going and with who was on the mound. I'm sorry, but Kevin Gosman needs to get more credit than probably any other pitcher on this Blue Jays team. He is the ace right now. Sure. And so I don't mind uh, you know, Chapman's display of emotion there, although there probably is a point to be made about hierarchy and all of that. But I will say this. It's also not on Matt Chapman that the Blue Jays did or did not pitch to Shohei Otani. That uh, that would be giving him a little too much credit and giving everyone else not enough credit, in my mind. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right too. I, I think he probably again was just kind of speaking, even though I, I even though I do believe it is to a certain degree the head coaches, and I use head coach as like a catch-all term because it's not just the manager, but like head coaches in every sport. I do believe it is like that person's job to kind of wear <laughs> that from players sometimes not all the time but sometimes that is part of the job description uh but at the same time I, i'm not sure chapman was even necessarily like yelling at schneider or any one guy but yep. maybe just at the situation and it obviously worked out for them yesterday in a in a 4-1 win it worked out today for the blue jays in a 6-1 win but you're right kevin gossman definitely a, ma- a massive part of the staff alec manoa also julia right part of the team as well the final line for alec manoa uh four and a third innings four hits one run which was earned of course coming uh with, with the hit batsman three walks six strikeouts look i just want to say really quickly and not even really quickly because i don't want to make it sound like i'm minimizing it of but course t- t- taylor ward i really hope he's okay yeah like, i sincerely hope he is okay because that was really scary he it got scary. he got hit very hard square in the face you kind of fear for things like a like you know like an orbital bone fracture or for things sure. like that you see that a lot of other sports as well um, so I, I really, really hope Taylor Ward is okay. Clearly not intentional by Alec Manoa, I would say. I mean, no, I, w- I would think no pitcher ever does that on purpose, right? Like, if you're going to hit a guy, you hit him on, like, on the butt or something. But, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But I don't, I, don't, I don't think that. Sometimes they do hit guys on purpose, yes, yes. but never, ever not like, that. like that. Yeah, and, boy, I just – I really, really hope he's okay. And you know what? Ultimately, I uh, – it's probably the right move for Manoa to come out of the game in the fifth when he did. Because like the, the sequence of events was, I think it was a fly out and then a double. There was the intentional walk to uh, Otani, another walk, and then he hit Taylor Ward with a sinker. Like he was starting to lose control, but yeah. th- it's, it was the right move to take him out because clearly, because we're sitting here, you're in the press box, I'm here in the booth, you look down on the field, and everyone here was kind of stunned. Like the people in the crowd, yes. the umpires, the the players in the field, certainly the Angels players, rightly so. But Manoa was, like, shocked, it looked like. 
all the Blue Jays uh, position players as well on the field. So again, I I hope nothing for for nothing too serious yeah. because one like the EMS guy has to come out, like the non-affiliated EMS guy, and like both teams are sending their trainers out. And they bring the card out and so on. Like you know, it's serious. So I hope he's okay. For sure. The uh, the good sign was that he was up on his feet yes. by the end of it. Show and just uh, real quick from Rhett Bollinger, our. Uh, MLB Angels beat reporter 13-ish minutes ago, 14 minutes ago. Taylor Ward was taken to the hospital to undergo further testing. So that is Mm. basically the update. Uh, It seems like if it was, um, if there were any serious updates to be had, uh, that would have been an, an opportunity to do so. But right now, that's all we know, uh, which is probably like the less news we have I think is probably good news here show because it seems like he is relatively okay and now he's going to undergo further testing I would assume uh, at the very least that uh, they're going to test for a concussion and and things of the sort right they were clearly also doing that on the field there was a when the when the guy in the red shirt the EMS guy Mm -hmm. came out from around like I think it was from the camera well and he came out and he was he was Clearly, test doing the, the the kind of like immediate concussion test with the hands and tracking the eyes and so on. But Taylor Ward, I think he had his eyes shut, shut so tightly, and I don't blame the guy because that must he must have gotten really badly injured. So right uh, good to to see that he at least left you know standing, got to his feet, standing yeah. up, and and that they are continuing testing because they absolutely should. Um, let's actually hear a piece of audio here. This is John Schneider talking to the media, and this is on why he did take out Manoa in that moment of the ball game. Yeah. Yeah, it was more so where they were in their lineup and where his pitch count was and probably not going that much deeper. And, um, you know, that kind of incident, I think, you know, sitting out there for a while, you hate seeing that. And I think just um, from a mentality standpoint, too, um, as well as matchups, it was the right time. So there you go. So uh, John Schneider talking to the media certainly seems to, in his explanation, lean less less on the he was shaking up side of things for Manoa and more on the, well, it was – it was the right moment of the ball game, which yeah. is, I think, it's it's probably like in truth, like a little bit of both, For right? Sure. Like it probably was, you know, he he had kind of started to lose it a little bit. There's a pocket of batters coming up here, even though you'd already had the most dangerous guys on base, like Otani and Moniak, and of course Ward being the next guy. But you know, you with the bases loaded, I'm not sure, and you're already having walked in a run in a tight game. It all kind of makes yeah. sense as to why you yank Manoa in that situation. Listen, the control was off from the second inning forward, I would say. The first inning was pretty clean for Manoa. He got in trouble in the second, and, you know, a fly ball to the track for for out number three with runners on base. Kind of, uh, you know, found a, found a way out of it. But the truth is that the control and the command weren't all there. They were there at times, and then at other times we saw – Manoa loading the bases and eventually, you know, hitting Taylor Ward the way that he did. So it makes sense that, you know, it wasn't the crispest outing, not just in that inning, not just in the fifth, but, you know, in innings prior as well. And then with the long delay with Manoa, you know, sort of coming out of that game mentality physically as well, you know, you, you're not pitching. And, of course, he would have been able to throw some warm-up, warm-up tosses, but basically he was – out of it at that point right so i think that it it makes sense and i'm not uh i'm not going to disagree with uh, with schneider there and especially with the way that i believe it was cabrera who came in 
um, and you know really shut the door. It's a, it was it was the the wise decision at that time. Something else that I just saw here on Twitter, yeah. show from our colleague Mitch Bannon from Sports Illustrated. Okay, okay. Schneider facetiously threw a smirk, answered a question about intentionally walking Shohei Otani twice. He said, "Quote." I'm just following Chappie's lead here. That's all it is. <laughs> just listening to my third baseman, uh, and it worked. Pretty so uh, pretty good to see that Schneider can also joke about that stuff. <laughs> it seems like it's all water under the bridge. Yeah, it does not seem like a, a massive issue. Well, you know, at the end of the day, whether you're in favor of what he did, whether you're against what he did, ultimately the Blue Jays are uh, on the verge of sweeping away Shohei Otani and uh, – and the Los Angeles Angels. I was going to say Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, but I guess they are technically no longer of Anaheim. Just uh, Los Angeles no. Angels. Uh, I, I, I do think they should bring back the California Angels, but yeah, what do I technically know? they are of Anaheim if you think about where they play. Oh yeah, that's true. That, that'll, that'll probably never change unless they leave. But it's just funny how many name changes this team has gone through yeah. in the last like I don't know twenty years. Basically, it's pretty great. Um, <laughs> you mentioned Yannis Cabrera. Let's talk a little bit about the bullpen, Julia, yep, for sure, because the bullpen has been great. It has been great. Like, Yenesis Cabrera and Jay Jackson, they hold down the Ford for a combined four outs after the Manoa departure, right? Uh, and they both featured heavily in some pretty wild outings out in Los Angeles. And now here today, they both combined. This is combined for Cabrera and Jackson. They combined four outs, one hit, no runs, one walk, two strikeouts. They combined through 29 pitches and those four outs to keep the score at one. Like I don't know about you, like Cabrera does probably have to do like a little bit more for me to work his way into like the inner circle of trust yeah. or mi- middle circle of trust. But he is the only other lefty on the team outside of Mesa, Trevor Richards. Who we'll talk about in a second. But Richards is not a lefty. Obviously, they feel comfortable with him throwing to lefties because he throws the change up to both sides of the plate. But it would be great to see Cabrera earn slightly higher leverage situations as the only guy who can take some pressure off of essentially the only other trusted specialty lefty reliever in Mesa. And you want Mesa throwing all the time because guys get tired that way. We've kind of already seen it with Eric Swanson to like a certain degree. But, uh, hey, I mean, he has, Cabrera has nasty stuff. And if he can harness that, yeah, you know, we saw a lot of sinkers today, for example, and he has some a pretty lethal fastball as well. Boy, I mean, that, that'll be a great development. We talk about the bullpen all the time. That'll be a for great sure. development for a bullpen that can use it. Certainly. And uh, he is a guy that has all the tools to work his way into that circle of trust. Yeah, yeah. Right, Show. Uh, he is a guy that sort of has the makeup of a dominant reliever. For whatever reason, that hasn't come consistently yet. But Cabrera very much can be that guy for the Blue Jays. Jay Jackson did get into a little bit of trouble there. Trevor Richards comes in and kind of bails him out in a way. And what about this line for Trevor, Trevor Richards, right? One and a third, four strikeouts. Yeah, and, that's pretty wild. And based on balls there, sure, which I believe was one of the ones, uh, one of the intentional ones for, for Shohei. Mm-hmm. But... This is incredible. The the what Trevor Richards has been able to do this season after being so doubted last year, uh, you know, by the fan base and and people around baseball in general, it is very remarkable. And it's good news for the Blue Jays that these guys are stepping up the way that they are, especially now that Jordan Romano has hit the 15-day IL. That said, you also it's not ideal that you had to use this many relievers a handful of relievers because Manoa couldn't go farther into that outing so it is 
kind of a, a, a double-edged sword, if you will, or there's, <laughs> there's good and bad in this situation to be sure, but to see this level of performance, Nate Pearson coming back, getting a strikeout and a clean inning for him, it's very much, it's very encouraging for what the Blue Jays are trying to do. Now, I don't understand, show why Jimmy Garcia pitched the top of the ninth. Who else would you pitch? Why not Mitch White in oh, a 6-1 game? Oh, pass. Hard pass for me. Okay. <laughs> that, is a, that is a lot less detailed than I expected from you. But here's the, here's the thing, right? Why do, we, why do the Blue Jays have Mitch White in that pen? Isn't it, is it not for situations not where wrong. it's a 6-1 game? Why would you sort of waste or not waste, but, you know, put – Jimmy Garcia in that position and potentially not having him available tomorrow with the sweep on the line against a wild card uh, contender. Yeah. That to me was a little bit puzzling and especially because White was warming up at one point. So I don't know what happened, what went into that decision. If there is, you know, something physical that we're not aware of, I don't know, but it just seemed odd to me that Garcia got the ball in that situation when there's another very important game coming up tomorrow. I, th I think for me, at least, the reason I say hard pass is because we have at least seen a couple of times now Mitch White be given, like, the lowest possible leverage outings, and he still runs into trouble to the point where they had to get, I think they had to get Swanson at one point, which was here, and then on the road trip they got, I forget who else they got on the road trip, but, like, Mitch White ran into trouble, and then, of course, there was another situation, and then that game, no one came in after him because it was a walk-off loss for uh, for the Blue Jays in, in Los Angeles against the Dodgers. But I think that that's where I'm at with it. It's like I, I'm not – Mitch White has performed fine for most of the season, but in his last two to three outings he's performed to the point where like, – I, I honestly believe when Ryu rejoins the team – which we know is happening on Tuesday. So we have to see what like roster manipulations happen in terms of guys getting up or down or when Chad Green comes or honestly, if they just make a trade, I kind of feel like the next corresponding move to make room on the 40 man will could very well just be a release of Mitch White. I'm not necessarily going out there and saying like that is needs to be what happened, but based on the last couple of outings from Mitch White, I, I, you know I love my circle of trust. Mitch White is like, if the circle of trust is a bullseye, Mitch White is not even on the dartboard here, right? So I think that's that's why, and I do get what yeah. you're saying, because in a 6-1 game, five runs, do you really want to use Jimmy Garcia knowing that Jordan Romano isn't available for at least 15 days? You're not wrong, but I think we're if we talk about like trust even for the Blue Jays, yeah. I think he has probably lost a lot of the trust from John Schneider and, yeah. and P. Walker. It's it's rough. It's uh it is very much a decision that will have to be made at some point if White can't figure it out. And the hope remains that he will because he has shown in the past, certainly last season, that he can be an effective uh a pitcher for the Blue Jays, either out of the bullpen or if he really figures it out as a starter, but we're just not seeing it at all this year since he came back from injury also worth remembering that he had a pretty uh, pretty big bout with uh, with injury early on in the mm -hmm. year and it you ha you never know what that does for players build up and for the way that they bounce back so there's there's a, a bunch of factors to consider and it is a shame i i do also kind of wonder on the flip side of it how much of a such a decision might also be showing Jimmy Garcia, who has struggled at parts of times this year, that he got his back and that he is an, a trusted, important member of this ballgame, that when Romano is down and Jimmy Garcia, I think of the remaining relievers that have recorded at least one save 
I think Jimmy Garcia has the most by like by far. Like it's Eric Swanson, and then it's like Jimmy Garcia with like like in the twenties or something in terms of saves. I think largely with the Marlins, I want to say, but but still, I, I kind of wonder if that's a factor as well because Jimmy Garcia, you and I talked about this like a million times last year. He was awesome last year. He has not been so awesome <laughs> for large chunks of the early yeah. part of 2023. He has actually, apart from that stretch where he gave up earned runs on, and back-to-back appearances on the road trip, right he, he has been very good, I think, right? So I, I kind of wonder if that's a big part of it as well. You know, John Schneider actually was asked about this, Julia. Let's hear a little bit of the of the audio from Schneider because he was asked on how he will handle the bullpen with no Jordan Romano, which is what we're talking about. So let's hear what Schneider had to say. It'll probably be a little bit situational. You know, there's guys that, you know, have done it before, um, a handful of guys that have done it before. And I think that it's an opportunity for these guys to kind of step up if, if they haven't done it um, and just try to put them in the right spots. You know, it could be Tim, it could be Jimmy, it could be Nate, it could be Jay, it could be Trev, you know, it could be really anyone. Um, so, you know, they're ready for it. Um, and hopefully they, they continue to perform the way they have been. So it would seem a closer by committee is what uh, John Schneider sure. is going to go with it. If you I want mean, to sum it up, that's, yeah. that's it. <laughs> that's, that's kind of he, he basically named every reliever, every high-leverage yeah. reliever we talk about in the quote-unquote circle of trust. He named literally everyone as to who could be C-time situationally, which, you know what, makes sense. Because the way, the way any of Swanson, let's see here, Swanson, Richards, Meza, and yeah, probably Jimmy Garcia and Nate Pearson as well, they've pitched all to a person in, in different points this season pretty well, but obviously I would say Richards, Meza, and Swanson are the ones who are the perhaps the most trusted with no Romano. But, I mean, I, I don't – no, I have no reason to, to not take him at his word because we have seen them all get different such situations. Let me just further Jimmy Garcia's case okay. here, okay? Sure. Last 15 games, he has a 142 ERA mm-hmm. with 14 strikeouts versus one walk. That's pretty good. His whip is 0.87 in his last 15 uh, games. So, and that's 12 and two thirds innings for uh, for Jimmy. So, it seems like he's turned a corner. Show, and I hope it so. seems like he is again the guy that the Blue Jays acquired a couple years ago or, or signed a couple years ago. So, if you know, we're talking about not having Manoa and really handing the the ball to someone who has a little bit more experience perhaps in the saves department with what he has shown in, you know, recent outings and certainly in the second half of the season, it seems like Jimmy is in a pretty good place to take on that role. Yeah, I, I, I would honestly support Jimmy Garcia because I kind of like Swanson in the holds role for now. Like, I kind of like him in that eighth inning role. And the other thing too is you're not like married to the idea of like, only using the guy who you want to get the save in the ninth inning. You're not like married to that idea, especially with the way, like if, if the if the most important pocket of batters comes up in the eighth inning, then use the guy you're going to use there. You don't have to wait wait until the ninth inning. You you are allowed to do whatever you want. So if that means Swanson is deployed there and then Jimmy is is wrapping things up, I think that's perfectly fine. And I have a feeling we might see that um, on the uh, in in the next couple of games, certainly in the next 15 days, because. No Jordan Romano. He is on the 15-day IL. Nate Pearson called back up, and we did see Nate Pearson today uh, to great effect as well, albeit relatively low leverage. But still, uh, he played 
pretty well. Let's take a very quick break, Julia. When we come back, we'll wrap up on the bullpen, chat a little bit about George Springer, Santiago Espinal hitting a two-run jack today as well, and we'll also check out the Major League Standings Watch. Uh, still some time to give us a call, 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cell, 590-590 is the people's text line. Read your text and get your phone calls as well on the other side of the break. You're listening to Jay's Talk, Show and Julia with you on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to Jay's Talk here on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali, Julia Kreutz with you for a couple more minutes. Still some time to give us a call or send us a text. 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cell. 590-590 is the people's text line. Get to your texts and phone calls in a sec. But first, time for the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365 with Bet365. You can watch thousands of live games, build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game is still being played. 19 plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. So, Julia, basically the entirety of the American League East has uh, not yet begun play today, apart from the Blue Jays, because they are all somehow all playing at 7.15 p.m. Eastern, which is in about, I guess, a couple of minutes. Uh, it's, it's just about 7 o'clock here on the East Coast. So they're all probably just in the warm-up phases right now. But the Yankees taking on the Orioles, the Rays taking on the Astros, Red Sox are out west taking on the Giants. Uh, yesterday, the Yankees lose to the Orioles. It was a walk-off loss for the uh, Yankees. Mm-hmm. It was Anthony Santander. They won that game. The Orioles won nothing. The Rays beat the Astros 4-3 to yesterday, and uh, the Boston Red Sox beat the Giants 3-2. to So entering play, I should say entering play for the rest of the division, but including the Blue Jays' win today because this game is over, uh, this is how the standings stack up in the American League East. Baltimore is 63-40. and Tampa Bay is 63-43. and So they are a game and a half back of the Orioles. Blue Jays are five games back of the division lead. They are 59-46. and Red Sox 56-47, and only two games back. Uh, as they start their game against the Giants. So if they win, they'll only be a game and a half back of the Blue Jays. And the Yankees are 54 and 49 as well. And, you know, there was a text here as you wrap up on the uh, Major League Standings watch. There was a text here from Keenan in Winnipeg. And I like this take. He just says, another game gained on two of the Rays, Astros, Orioles, or Yankees, which is a good point because mm-hmm. because the Rays and our Astros are playing each other and the Yankees and Orioles are playing each other. So it's a good way to look at things as we continue here towards the end of July. Yeah, but one thing I will say is there is no overstating the importance of this Baltimore mm. series coming yes. up, right? That is going to be huge with the Blue Jays with uh, 59 wins, 46 losses, and Baltimore coming in at 63-40, and 40, of course, before play today. But when you talk about you know, home field advantage and really making the most of opportunities. This series at Rogers Center will be unparalleled, I believe, uh, for what the Blue Jays are, are, are trying to, to do here and what they have done in the season so far. We know that they haven't had a ton of success against Baltimore uh, this season, but there's no reason why that can't turn around now. And uh, it, it's it's going to be perhaps the most important series of the season. Yeah, knowing that you already only have one win against the Orioles, and then right after the Orioles, you go to Boston, take on the Red Sox. Right I mean, on. Red Sox are not that far behind you. That like, If you lose a couple of those games at Fenway, Fenway is not an easy place to play for the Blue Jays this season specifically, then you, you, could, be, you could be looking at a very different wild card picture come like 
the end of next week, essentially. So you want to put your best foot forward certainly tomorrow, but also uh, at home against the Orioles starting on Monday and certainly uh, against the Red Sox in Boston in uh, just about a week's time. Uh, let's go back to the text line, Julia. Yep. 59590, name and location. we got a couple of minutes left here. Um, I'll just read a couple for you here. Uh, I see one from a couple from Alden and Scarborough. If he, he says, if Kirk can get going, this team will be unstoppable. He also says, special shout-out to Jay Jackson, who's been a savior in the bullpen. Cabrera for coming to a new team isn't easy. Immediately being asked to pitch in high-leverage situations, which definitely can't be easy. It's definitely a good point because, you know, this is Cabrera and Jay Jackson. Again, they featured pretty heavily on the road trip, and they again featured both of them in this game today, a 6-1 win. I see uh, JJ in Toronto says, great ball game. Feel for Springer a bit. He's obviously rattled by the current struggles after two wins in the series. Could be a good day tomorrow to give him a breather to regroup before a huge series against the Orioles. Um, and, yeah, there's a lot of texts about Springer, for example, and just, like, what's up with Springer? Does he stink now? Is he, is he just going through it? Obviously, he does not stink. He's, yeah. a, very, he's, a, he's a very, very That's good ball player. safe enough to say. Yeah, but he, he – like, there's no doubt about it he looks extremely frustrated. Yes. Like, Barker says this all the time, yes. but that, like, baseball is just supposed to be fun. And he just, unfortunately for George, I kind of feel bad for the guy. Like, he doesn't look like he is having fun. Like, there was the A-B in the second inning, a pitch well off the plate. It's called a strike. He's called out with the slider. He, like, kind of swings his bat in frustration. The cameras showed him in the dugout afterwards. And, like, I don't want to say he was pouting by any means, but he kind of looked like he had a bit of a scowl on his face. Mm. His kind of arms were crossed. He was kind of sitting a bit by himself at the end of the like the bench at the back of the dugout. And then, you know, he strikes out swinging in the fourth. I think he struck out three times today and That's flew right. out at the end, which I honestly thought he hit a three-run jack. But uh, George Springer really going through it right now. It's, it's tough because you know when he's on, he's a guy we talked about, like, just a couple of years ago about having some real thunder in that bat. Yeah, it's uh, hard to sort of like chicken and egg the situation with like three strikeouts, which is something that we're not necessarily used to seeing uh, from Springer in that magnitude, but it's like, are the frustration, is the frustration causing the strikeouts right, or are the right. strikeouts causing the frustration, right? But there is a an element about maybe trying to get out of it by doing something awesome or by you know carrying the team on his back and we have seen it not work a lot more often than than it does work and and it seems like even for a guy like Springer who is a veteran who understands that this game is filled with ebbs and flows and guys go through it the way that he did earlier in the season and then he figured it out and he came back and he was very very effective for the Blue Jays now he's going through it again but the level of frustration that we're seeing, I don't think we have seen before. Yeah. And that is what's a little bit unusual uh, when it comes to just what we think about uh, George Springer. Can he get out of it? 100% he can. He's shown that he can, and he is a guy that has the thunder, as you say, show. He is a guy that is not only, uh, you know, he's had a good uh, season defensively. He has, uh, for the most part, figured it out on the offense he is a guy that can turn a game around, but right now it just seems like he is letting those frustrations maybe get the best of him at times, and that is why we are seeing the results that we're seeing. So going down to the number uh, five spot, I'm sure that that's not fun, but sure. it, it's part of the game, right? And especially for him, the, he's been around for a long time. He understands that this is part of the game. Now it's all about taking a deep breath. Maybe, yeah, taking a day off before a big series. 
and regrouping mentally so that he can be at his best for the home stretch because he can figure it out he has already this season we have seen it it's just about putting it together again yeah it just i i i genuinely feel for the guy because you know he cares so much and you know if he if he puts it together he's a dangerous batter so it, it, it can't be fun. It just it doesn't look fun, frankly. He does not look like he's enjoying himself. So I do hope he turns it around uh, sooner rather than later. I'm not I'm not sure I would drop him any further than fifth. Like maybe if Jano and Kirk continue to bat as well as they have, maybe there's an argument for dropping him to sixth, perhaps. But I don't think there's a world in which we see Springer bat lower than sixth when he is in the lineup. Obviously, there might be just days where he just doesn't bat at all or comes in as a pinch hitter for for guys in late game situations, perhaps. But like just as a constructed batting order, I, I feel like we're probably not going to see him bat uh, that much lower, but I do hope he puts it together. Um, I see Mark from Thorold on the text line. He says, uh, you can really feel the Blue Jays coming together as a team and building momentum every day. We have to remember it's a marathon, not a sprint, and it's all about who peaks at the right time, usually wins the prize. Deadline acquisitions should make the team better, but just adding Chad Green plus Yenesis Cabrera and the emergence of Jay Jackson and the caveat might be adding Ricky Tiedemann coming out of the bullpen in September. Looking good, Jays fans. Stay on the ship. I, okay, look, I agree with everything Mark said except for Ricky Tiedemann. I don't hmm. think I don't think he pitched just because I don't think he pitches in the majors this year because I feel like they want him to be a starter. Then again, like if if he can come up and pitch as a starter, I could be behind it. But I don't think he comes up and pitches out of the bullpen necessarily. I don't think so either. And uh, if Ricky Tiedemann contributes to the Blue Jays going to the postseason mm. this uh, year, it's probably going to be via trade. Oh, Julia! I mean, yeah. Don't say, don't speak it into existence. Listen, <laughs> I, I don't think Ricky Tiedemann is going to get traded, but it seems more plausible that he gets traded for a guy that really makes a difference right now than it would be for him to come up to the majors and, and pitch out of the bullpen in September. I don't think either of those things is going to happen, but... Yeah, 20 years old, he's like basically the top prospect, like, uh, certainly top pitching prospect at yeah. least, right? So, yes. yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, don't think, I, I personally just... I feel like every prospect in the Blue Jays system is probably available for trade as long as their names are not Aurelis Martinez and uh, Ricky Tiedemann. Obviously, How about Addison, Addison Barge? You know what? I, I think if there's a, the right deal for him, I think he's available. I, I, I do, but I, I think he, the, it's the only untouchable guys are those two. Yeah. But um, Barge might be like the very next guy, but um, you never really know. Hey, uh, Julie, we only have a couple minutes left here. I know. Uh, because you got to go see a certain movie. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you, based on my wardrobe, what, uh, <laughs> what movie do you think I'm going to see? Tom likes that one. Uh, clearly... Clearly, clearly, Oppenheimer. <laughs> you're, you're dressed the pink shirt. You're dressed to see Oppenheimer. Absolutely. Hey, I'm I'm sporty Barbie. <laughs> this, that's what I'm going for. You okay. know, radio Barbie, okay. whatever you. A radio uh, Barbie. I like radio. Radio Barbie, Barbie would be I cool, like, right? I like that, With the little headset. Yeah, it'd be nice. That'd be, that'd be kind of fun. Actually, <laughs> uh, I like it. Well, you know what? I did see it actually. So it is. Uh, I, I hope you enjoy it. I won't spoil anything, but Thank I hope you, you enjoy it. It is a. It's a fun watch. I went to see it with my wife and sister, and they they very much enjoyed it. I mean, I'm excited to see Canada's own. Ryan Gosling. Yeah, and Canada's own Simu Liu. Oh my, you're right. Yeah. It's going to be an exciting former uh, ceremonial first pitch thrower, Simu That's right. <laughs> Didn't he do like some crazy jumping, like he kind of t- jumping That's and right. twisting and stuff? Yeah, he's, he's a lot of fun. Well, I hope you enjoy it, and I'm sure you and I will be doing Jay's Talk in the not-too-distant future, Julia. Can't wait. Thank you so much. That is Julia Kreutz. I'm Show Ali. Thank you for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. Now that summer has arrived, it's road trip season. Make sure your vehicle is protected from rust with Crown. 
Visit crown.com for a special summer offer today. Crown, Canada's number one rust protection. Hey, before we go, I just want to quickly wish my brother a happy birthday. He's 25 years old. Addy, I will see you for dinner tomorrow. I know you're out with your friends, so I'll give you the Saturday night. We'll, ha- we'll hang out on Sunday night. But uh, love you, man. Uh, happy birthday. Uh, for Julia Kreutz, Ben Shulman, Madison Shipman, Tom Young, Andrew Adams, and Nick Blackmore, I'm Show Ali. Jay's aim for the series sweep tomorrow afternoon right here at the Rogers Center. Blair Barker will be back to put a bow on things. I'll be back with Ben Shulman for the trade deadline on Tuesday. I hope it's exciting. I love trades. Fake trades, real trades, whatever. I'm excited to talk to you on Tuesday. Talk to you guys later.